Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast as well as the manager of BT Powerhouse. Coming to you uh, in the late evening, morning-ish, <laughs> year between November 26th and 27th. Um, just for purposes of our, our listeners here, uh, the last game of the 26th has concluded, but the uh, first game of the 27th for the Big Ten, which is Michigan at Iowa State, has not taken place yet. So while you're listening to this, please keep that in mind that Wednesday's results uh, are not incorporated into the podcast here. So I just wanted to, to take a few minutes, just going to be us, or, well, yeah, us today, uh, not going to have any guests on or anything, but just to recap here the, the first couple weeks of Big Ten play, where things kind of sit, uh, a look at my power rankings, as well as what is coming on the horizon. So generally speaking, as far as the Big Ten, you know, I, I think it's been a mixture I, I think there have been a few teams that have grossly, grossly underachieved. Um, on the other hand, I think there have been a few that are actually even better than we expected, which I think is very encouraging for the league as a whole moving forward, especially because those teams that have overachieved, I think are all in that top group, which generally, if you're uh, someone who's you know rooting for a league to do well, uh, you want the top teams <laughs> to overachieve. You know, you don't want the last team to be, well, we thought they were going to be 100th, and they ended up being 99th. Yeah, nobody cares about that kind of uh, overachieving. You know, we care about the team that we thought might be a top 30 team that looks like a top 10 team, that type of approach. So I think the Big Ten has come out well in that approach. Um, overall, I, I think the league is is kind of about what we expected again with that understanding of some teams have struggled other teams have have really thrived out of the gate so that's what I like as far as where where the Big Ten sits today you know I put up my power rankings on btpowerhouse.com on Monday Uh, my top three teams were Ohio State Michigan State Maryland I think those are your top three teams in the Big Ten I think there is a clear divide between Maryland and the fourth place team, which in my power rankings I had Penn State as fourth, but I think there is a clear divide from that those top three down lower. I think the top three are all relatively close, and two of the teams that I, I think are overachieving for the Big Ten so far are in that group, and those are Maryland and Ohio State. Ohio State, you know, I, I thought they were going to be a, a really solid team this year, you know, given the fact that they're bringing in all these new talented pieces. They already had a pretty good roster to, to begin with. So, I mean, I, I think that's a, a really encouraging thing that Ohio State has not only met those expectations, but frankly has exceeded them. You know, the Buckeyes came out of the gate. They're 6-0 and on the season. They blew out Villanova at home. They beat Cincinnati um, in a, a really physical, hard-fought game. And then on Monday night, they beat Kent State, who I think is a lot better than people are giving the Golden Flash is credit for. So, I mean, three decent wins, and that Villanova one is a is a really great win heading into the, the very tail end of November here. So I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to be excited. They're up to fifth on Ken Palm. This is a team that very much looks like a second weekend type of unit, a unit that if they get a favorable draw in March could very well go to the Final Four. So I, I think from that end, you got to be super excited. Caleb Wesson's still the guy who's getting it all done. But DJ Carton, um, I think, has been really good out of the gate. And Kyle Young as well is a, is a player I think is um, 
exceeded expectations so far. So I, I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to be really excited with where things are sitting. And moreover, the same with Maryland. You know, Maryland, they haven't played anybody good yet. <laughs> so I, I think if you're going to be a little hesitant to buy into the Terps, that's why. The best team they've played so far, Rhode Island. On Thursday night, they're going to get Temple on a neutral court, which I've said is probably their toughest game to date. But really, I mean, if we're talking about Temple, who's 86th on Ken Palm, you know, we're not talking about a, <laughs> a murderer's row here. So I, I think... Um, Generally speaking, though, you've got to be really satisfied with what Maryland has done so far. Every win has been double, by double digits. Most of the wins have been by 20-plus. So I think Maryland has done what it's supposed to do with a pretty weak schedule so far. 5-0 and heading into uh, the neutral game against Temple on Thursday. And then they're going to get uh, Notre Dame before the, the Big Ten appetizer in December, the, the two-game stretch there that everyone now plays. So I think if you're a Maryland or a high State fan, you got to be feeling good. Michigan State as well is a team that a lot of people have been critical on, but I, I just I don't really agree. I mean, yes, the Spartans have lost two games already, but at the same time, they're still number one on Ken Palm. Their only losses are away from home against two pretty solid teams. I mean, again, I know... We'll see what Virginia Tech ends up being, but I think at this point, you know, I think you have to think the Spartans are still in, in pretty solid shape. You know, they beat Georgia yesterday, and I know people are whining about that win, but really that was just one of those crazy ones where the comeback sort of got out of hand a bit. But otherwise, I, I think Michigan State's still a team more than capable of winning the Big Ten, more than capable of winning the Big Ten tournament, ultimately more than capable of making a deep run into March. So I, I think you still have to feel pretty solid about where the Spartans sit. So I think those are your top three um, elsewhere in the Big Ten. A couple of teams that I've been positively surprised by, Penn State, Indiana, Michigan. I think all those teams have exceeded my expectations a little bit. Penn State has looked like a legit NCAA tournament team so far. Indiana has played pretty bad competition. However, Hoosiers have looked good. They're undefeated on the season, um, still seem to be picking up some momentum. And Michigan, we'll see how they do today against Iowa State, but so far so good under Juwan Howard. They beat Creighton at home uh, earlier this month. Additionally, they, they're they also undefeated, so I, I think the Wolverines, you got to feel pretty decent about where they sit, especially with Franz Wagner still potentially to return here in the Bahamas or, or elsewhere. A couple of teams I... I think have been a little underwhelming so far. I have below uh, the three teams I just named, which uh, are Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois. All these teams have been a little bit weaker than I had originally envisioned. Purdue still have has yet to, to score a, a marquee win. Only have had uh, two opportunities, so you know, keep that in mind, but fell short against Texas at home. That's a game you know, Purdue probably should have won, and then Marquette fell on the road. So I, I think Purdue's in, in fine shape, but um, we're going to need to see a little bit more progress on the offensive end to feel really confident about the Boilermakers moving forward. Wisconsin has seemed really hit or miss so far this year. You know, they barely lose to St. Mary's on a neutral court, a good St. Mary's team to open the season. Follow that up with four wins, including a big win over Marquette at home. And then they have really underwhelmed here this week. They went to New York City to play uh, in their non-conference tournament. Lost to Richmond on Monday. Lost to New Mexico on Tuesday. 
Neither of those teams are very good. Wisconsin, frankly, on paper, should have won both games. Um, and instead, they, they drop both. They're now sitting at 4-3. and three. Badgers are going to play NC State next week on the road. That is turning into a big, big game for Wisconsin. They really need to, to win that game uh, to feel good about things uh, moving forward. Last team uh, was Illinois. Illinois is another team that's been hit or miss. You know, they're they're six and one at the moment, but they've looked really underwhelming against a couple non-conference bye games. They've also looked really good in some other ones. Uh, so I mean, we'll we'll see where Illinois is headed. At this point, their resume is perfectly fine, but they got a big game coming against Miami next Monday. That's a game Illinois really needs to try to find a, a way to win. At this point, Ken Palm projects them to win. We'll see if they actually get it done, but. Uh, those are three teams that I'm a little bit cooler on than I were, than I were, than I was before the season started. A couple of teams as well that I, uh, and then there are five five teams left here, and I'm again referring back to the, my power rankings at the moment with these sort of rankings. Uh, five teams at the bottom. I think at the very very bottom you have Northwestern Nebraska, who I think have both substantially underwhelmed. This season, neither of those teams seem anywhere close to making a serious push for the NCAA tournament at season's end. We will see if that changes, but at this time, I don't think either of those teams are, are going to be in serious contention, especially Nebraska after last night losing to George Mason. Northwestern has a big game today against Pitt. We'll see how that goes, but both those teams seem like uh, <laughs> the, the time's getting short here to, to turn things around. Otherwise, could be heading for uh, pretty rough seasons. So the last three left, who I have, uh, you know, uh, definitely a notch or two above Nebraska and Northwestern are Minnesota, Iowa, and Rutgers. And these are the three teams where I just I don't feel like I know where these teams really sit yet. Uh, Minnesota's had three opportunities to score resume wins, missed all three, but all three were were relatively competitive games. You know, they lose to. On the road at Utah by four. They lose on the road against Butler by less than 10. Same thing against Oklahoma on a neutral court. So, I mean, it's hard to rip on Minnesota too much for those losses, but at the same time, they've swung and missed on all three opportunities. Uh, however, they have looked pretty solid against their bye game so far, so we'll see. They get DePaul on Friday, and I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Gophers. They finally get one of these at home. If they fall short then, I think that's when we have to start. I don't want to say panicking, but being concerned about where this team's headed. And then moreover, uh, the other two, Iowa and Rutgers, both of them have blown games already this year. Iowa lost to DePaul in uh, pretty marked fashion at home in early November. Have they improved since then? I don't know. They've played three really bad teams since that point. They're going to get Texas Tech on Thursday for their non-conference tournament on a neutral court. We're going to learn a lot more about the Hawkeyes in that game. My guess is they'll fall short, but are they competitive? How do they look? Um, so I think Iowa's one of those, you know, too early to tell. You know, we need to wait and see a little bit more. Rutgers, they lost to the best team they played in St. Bonaventure. They've beaten everyone else, but some of those have been hit or miss. We'll see how it goes. They get UMass at home on Friday. Kind of like Minnesota, where the difficulty is going to be ratcheting up here in the, the next week or two, and we're, and we're going to learn a lot more. But all three of those teams, I, I think, have a chance to compete for um, maybe an NIT 
maybe an NCAA tournament bid if they get really going, especially Minnesota. Uh, but at this point, uh, I think those teams are ones that are probably going to be in that NIT bubble range when all is said and done. But still very early, still very early. Uh, so we'll see what happens in, in the weeks to come. But overall, like I said, I, I think the Big Ten is in decent shape. I, I think this is a... Uh, a league that has more than enough firepower to make some some noise in March. And I think the big thing is, is going to be how many of these teams can deliver <laughs> when the going gets tough. I mean, and frankly, Michigan State, you know, where can the Spartans land? How well do they perform, et cetera, et cetera. Because so far, they're, as I said, I'm not at the point of panicking yet. I'm not at the point of writing off Tom Izzo and Michigan State, but you have to be concerned about where things are sitting. I mean, it's just reality. As I as I said, you know, it's way too early to start writing off teams, especially ones that are as talented as Michigan State. But, you know, their expectation, I wrote this in my season preview, was national championship or bust. And I hate putting those kind of expectations on a team, but for Michigan State, it's warranted. You know, they get UCLA today. That's going to be a fun one. I think Michigan State will come out on top pretty easily. But, you know, these are the games they got to start putting in their back pocket if they want to get a really good solid seed in March and, and move from there. But overall, though, I mean, as far as the Big Ten, you know, I, I think as far as teams that I view as, as real, legit NCAA tournament contenders this year, Michigan State, Ohio State, Maryland, obviously, Purdue, Michigan, Indiana, and Penn State, I, I think are all very legitimate NCAA tournament teams at this point. Um, so that gets us seven. Obviously, one of them is probably going to struggle <laughs> as we go forward. And, you know, the one that pops out in that group is obviously Penn State. And, you know, I, I hate to make these podcasts so much about ranting about Penn State's past struggles, but, um, you know, this is a big season for Pat Chambers. It's a big season for the Nittany Lions. We'll see how the team holds up. You know, they, they start getting some, some more quality opponents today. They play Ole Miss for their non-conference tournament on a neutral court later this afternoon. Uh, again, kind of in that in-between uh, late-night podcast recording here. But, um, but yeah, they, they will play uh, later on the 27th on Wednesday in the afternoon against Ole Miss. We will see how the Nittany Lions do there, and we're going to start learning a lot more about Penn State. But overall... I think you have seven teams that look like real contenders at this point in the season, and it's more of we'll see how things go from there. But And then I think you have three teams that look like I would say are in the bubble-ish mode at this time, which are Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota. I think all three of those teams have the chance to really make some noise, have a chance to make a run for Selection Sunday moving forward, whether they ultimately do. I don't know. We will have to wait and see. You know, as I said, Minnesota and Rutgers, uh, or excuse me, Minnesota and Illinois both have, have beaten some teams. They've also uh, blown some opportunities as well. So I, I think those two teams are definitely in there. Iowa in the discussion as well and Rutgers. But uh, the only teams that I, I would say are going to have a really, really tough time are Nebraska and Northwestern. I think they have a lot of work to do. Um, and I also think Generally speaking, I think Minnesota, Iowa, and Rutgers already have an uphill climb at this point. But it's November. We're not even to Thanksgiving yet. 
So there's more than enough time to improve. There's more than enough time to find, you know, a freshman here and there, do that kind of thing. So uh, it should be an exciting next few days of college basketball. And as we move into, I'm hoping to have a full breakdown of the Big Ten ACC games. But with that, you know, a shorter podcast, but I just wanted to get something out there to tap into what's happened. So thank you all for listening. As always, my name's Thomas Bendit. You can check me out on Twitter at tbendit. Um, follow BT Powerhouse uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks.